In September, 20 health tech companies were inducted into this year's cohort of the DigitalHealth.London Accelerator Programme. Aimed at speeding up the adoption of technology in London's NHS, the programme works with 20 to 30 startups and SMEs every year who are considered to have high potential to not only relieve pressure on services, but also empower patients. This year's cohort ranged from digital rostering systems, preventative care tools, online GP services, virtual outpatient clinics, and solutions that turn an average smartphone into a clinical grade device. Accelerator programs like this have popped up all over the country, all with the same aim to fast track the uptake of digital health solutions. But why are they necessary? I'm Andrea Downey, and I'm at digitalhealth.london's offices to find out why. Joining me today are Sarah Nelson, the Programme Director of the DigitalHealth.London Accelerator. Hello. Elliot Engers, Chief Executive of Infinity Health, a secure collaboration and task management app which allows healthcare teams to quickly share information on patients in their care. Infinity Health was included in the 2017-2018 Accelerator cohort and has recently won the HTN Partnership of the Year Award with the London Northwest University Healthcare NHS Trust for saving 10,000 hours in A&E. Hello. And Dr. Raina Patel, co-founder and chief executive of Vine Health, one of this year's Accelerator cohort. Vine Health uses a combination of behavioural science and AI to increase the quality of life and survival rates of cancer patients. Thank you all for joining me today. Sarah, you have been involved in the Accelerator program for two years now, and you were made the director a couple of months ago. Can you tell us briefly what the aim of the Accelerator is and how you got involved? Absolutely. The aim of the Accelerator is to speed up the adoption of appropriate technology within the NHS. We want to put the benefits of new technology into the hands of our patients and staff. And we've spent four years now working across London, supporting over 100 companies and created 22.2 million opportunities for patients to benefit from technology. And that's through our 160 contracts with um, NHS organisations and 129 new pilots. So Raina and Elliot, you've obviously had experience from the other side of trying to get uh, startups and tech into the NHS. What do you, like, why do you think a programme like this is necessary? Um, well, I mean, the NHS is a, a really enormous and therefore complex organisation and therefore, understandably, it's going to be difficult to understand who you should go to or who you should speak to or what information they need to know to be able to promote the benefits of your technology will help them understand why it is that they need that um, and I think navigating that really complex system is something that's um, much easier once you are in contact with people who've, who've done it before who recognize the different levers who understand who makes the decisions um, and I think in something like healthcare where necessarily there has to be a barrier in terms of evidence and safety and efficacy um, that means there are a lot of hoops to, to jump through, um, necessary hoops, but understanding how you do that and what the best way to go about it and what that kind of chicken and egg situation is of how you put to tech into healthcare safely, but also have that room to test and iterate. Um, that's something that's not easy to do and, and it's certainly not easy in any healthcare system, but having a unified system like the health, that like the NHS um, and having a team that, that knows that system is a really helpful thing. Yeah, I agree. With everything Raina said, um, all I would add is that there's a vanishingly small number of people that really understand what it takes to make a change in the NHS. So an accelerator program is sort of a hot pot of ideas um, and expertise around that. And um, you can build a framework as an accelerator about how to approach the NHS. And also there's real passion here at Digital Health London Accelerator for this. So you don't do this um, for any other reason than you think you, there's positive and beneficial change to be made. 
Sarah, you have a background in nursing. Did you ever see yourself working for the Accelerator programme? Is this where you saw your career going and how did you end up here? Not at all, not at all. Um, my original uh, thoughts was I was would end up as a ward sister. I wanted to create change within the NHS, um, but I thought I'd do that by being a ward sister. But there were not opportunities like this. But one of the great things about being a nurse is the fact that there actually are opportunities you wouldn't even contemplate when you start your career. Yeah, so I guess also with the uptake of, well, with, you know, digital technology coming along the way it is, Did you see that as an opportunity to make change in that sense? I probably did. Um, Yes, I think I did. I was um, involved with working in operational nursing within organisations where I noticed that actually technology was becoming more and more a part of our everyday lives. And so therefore, when I noticed during my site management years, when this technology was coming in, sometimes it worked really well and sometimes it didn't work quite as well. And so therefore, I wanted to get involved with making sure that everything had been thought about before we'd actually brought the technology in. We would be able to, by clinicians getting involved, we could really make a difference to actually what happened when the technology was in our organisation. It's often said that there isn't a shortage of innovations and ideas within the healthcare sector, but rather the problem is getting them to be adopted across the NHS. What have your biggest challenges been in, you know, setting up your startup and convincing hospitals that they need to give this technology a go? Yeah, I think I think it ties in with what Sarah was just saying in that um, there are so many different stakeholders within a hospital environment. So any technology that you have to implement. It has to benefit patients, first and foremost. It has to improve patient outcomes and improve patient experience of care. But along with that, it has to be cost-effective for the hospital. It has to not take up um, an insurmountable amount of time for clinicians. It has to be consistent with the hospital systems they already use. So there are just a lot of different stakeholders that you need to engage with and very different viewpoints and, and value propositions that you need for each. And so satisfying all those with one one product and one proposition is, is a difficult thing to do. Yeah. Um, for us it's been evidence generation so it's uh, understanding how to build the evidence is hard and once you've figured that out then you've got to convince a trust in our case a hospital trust would have to change long-standing processes to test out our product Um, and that's risky in and of itself Um, so just getting the evidence to get to the next step to convince to convince that trust to take the next step or to convince another trust to try to do what you've done is incredibly challenging do you think the program has helped you with that? Very much so, yeah. So the program, uh, Digital Health London, has really great ties with the academic health science networks, um, and we had access to some of the best health economists, health researchers in the country to understand what evidence we ought to be building at the stage that we're building, um, and then what would happen next and how to go about doing that. So that's it's been pivotal for us. I was just going to add to that um, that uh, not only did we support the SMEs to understand and develop and refine their offering to the NHS, but also we support the staff with the maybe the skills and the culture of acceptance of new technology. So how should the NHS be working with startups and SMEs to improve the process? What needs to be done in order to make it easier to get into the market? I think a huge first part of it is that culture around technology and innovation. I think that's already changing and there's a lot of uh, positive steps that have already been made in the creation of Digital Health at London or NHSX or lots of other um, new organisations. And I think unfairly sometimes it's thought that clinicians don't want to embrace technology. And actually I don't think that's the case. I think it's just 
when you are so strapped for resource and you're so strapped for time and you've got so much to do, you want to know that something is going to be effective and it's not going to um, change your routine to the extent that, it, that you can't do your job anymore. And so it's, um, I think the key fundamental part about it is, is changing that culture and changing that um, view of what technology can do. As a staff member in the NHS initially, when there was no technology at all, I remember the first computer actually coming in and sitting on the corner in our coronary care unit and seeing our patients opposite and not being at all scared of how to deal with that, but being scared about this technology. So you're absolutely right, Raina, that culture and actually that confidence through staff learning the skills in order to know what to look for, what the benefits are and what the risks are, I think is very important. Raina, you're a doctor and also a neuroscientist. How do you think your clinical background has shaped your understanding of how technology needs to be adopted in the NHS? So I think the first thing that clinicians, any clinician will say when you ask them about their job or their daily routine is that they just don't have enough time to do everything they want to do to spend enough time with patients to kind of um, give the care that they would ideally want to give. And so I think that drives everything about how I see technology implementation in the NHS is how can it support clinicians to have more use of their time, more availability of their time. And so it's, um, you know, often thought that there's this conflict between uh, is technology or is AI or are these kind of robot surgeons replacing doctors? And I don't think that's the case. I think it's all about just understanding that to give the best care, um, you know, that's generally a human thing. And, and that means spending the time with your patients and having the time to kind of have a real conversation and, and sit down with them. And anything that improves your ability to do that, which technology often does, is a good thing. Elliot, you've come from a software development background, so your experience in adopting technology is probably a little bit faster than what the NHS is. Do you think you would have been able to deal with those challenges that you mentioned earlier without the help of an accelerator programme like this? Possibly. It's hard to tell, but um, certainly not as quickly as we would have done. Um, we wouldn't have recognised the challenges, um, the specific challenges for the NHS um, as quickly as we would have done if we hadn't been on the programme. Um, that said, we've, we take quite a user-centred design approach to everything we do, which I think is something that speeds up the adoption because we spend an inordinate amount of time with frontline staff understanding their needs um, and their pain points and then working out what we can do to meaningfully impact on their day-to-day. Um, and that has resulted in very little resistance from frontline staff. We now need to build the evidence so that the decision makers can uh, take a risk or manage that risk or reduce that risk um, to try something new to gain that benefit. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned working with frontline staff and clinicians. How important is it that we're bringing them along on the journey with you? Absolutely fundamental. I, I don't think you can make any change. No, um, no professional in their career is going to allow a long-standing mission-critical process uh, to be disrupted by a shiny new piece of tech unless it's um, something that they understand very clearly and meets their needs. Um, so I think it's fundamental to change is that you bring not only the um, the staff but patients as well. We don't we don't produce any technology for patients, but it has a big impact on their experiences. So we we include them in our design process as well. Sarah, you mentioned earlier as well that you not only work with startups and SMEs, but you're working with the clinicians and the staff in the NHS. How are you working with them, and how are you helping them to adopt technology in their you know hospitals or clinics? I think as an accelerator, we are working closely with our partners within London in order to actually understand their needs and once we understand their needs then we can actually match them where it's appropriate to do so. Um, 
I think as a nurse who has become interested and enthused by this new coming into digital healthcare, it's really important that I actually show that this is a potential for staff coming through. So I have joined the Digital Academy, the NHS Digital Academy, as a member of staff who really is a part of now a group of people who are really enthusiastic about going forward and making sure things are done in the right way by the right people at the right time. It's really important that that I understand how SMEs work, I understand the barriers and some of the complexities that they have to come across because actually as and when I go back into a NHS role within an organisation that is outside of the accelerator it's really important for me to know these things. Something the new NHSX Chief Executive, Matthew Gould, has been really vocal about is working with health tech innovators to help them scale their technology across the NHS. Um, you know, he reiterated that again at HET uh, when he said that the NHS must not grow an enormous empire at the centre but needs to be working to provide foundations that innovators can sell and scale their technologies on more quickly. Do you think the creation of NHSX is going to be a turning point for startups such as yourselves? Yes. I absolutely think it's going to be a turning point for us, and I agree that with their strategy that they should they should be building roads um, uh, to enable companies like Infinity and Fine Health uh, to do what we do. So I, I'm very supportive of the work they're doing. I'm really op- um, that's what I'm looking for. Optimistic. Thank you. So <laughs> I'm, I'm very optimistic about what they can do. That's good, because it is kind of the first time we've seen a dedicated um, department for technology and digital health, really, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it's really nice to see them emphasising the geographic distribution of that technology, because it is a very London-centric kind of hub of innovation that's developed, and, and it's it's right that we need to spread that further afield. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, Raina, what are you hoping to achieve with uh, your experience this year in the cohort? Oh, lots. Um, so, I think... Uh, like Elliot said, uh, clinical evaluation is one of the key um, hurdles in, in being able to implement your technology in the NHS. And so a large part of what we're trying to do is prove that what we're developing for patients is safe, that it improves their quality of life and that it is um, beneficial for hospitals to be implementing better self-management for cancer patients. Um, and so that clinical evaluation and research is one piece of it. And then there's the engaging with the trust themselves and the, the various organisations, whether it's AHSNs or CCGs or, or STPs, um, to, to put this technology into practice. Yeah. And Elliot, what are the next steps for Infinity Health? Well, we're uh, privileged to be an alumnus now of the programme um, and we get as much support now as we did when we were on the programme, I would argue. <clears throat> and because it takes so long to get anything done, the support is very, very welcome. Uh, the continued support is very welcome. Um, what we would like to do now, we've spent a lot of time listening, um, and now we think we have some understanding of the problems and the solutions to those problems. So the goal for the next six to 12 months is to implement and demonstrate the impact that we can have really robustly and scale our solution across the NHS and spread that benefit. Yeah. So do you have any advice for startups and SMEs that are thinking of entering the health tech space? I think this is one example of how you can really tie yourself into the system and, and um, having that advice and support from people who've been there and done it before, there's just no substitute for that because um, unfortunately lots about it is esoteric, it does take experience, it's not easy to understand just through logical from the outset and so if you can find champions, whether it's those interested in health technology or clinicians or managers who really believe in innovation and, and, and how technology can help the NHS, having their support is I think the, the most effective thing you can do. 
I think the challenges are really well understood now as well, which is a good thing. So companies coming into this have their eyes wide open. Um, but also the solutions to those challenges are starting to materialise. And some of those solutions look a lot like Digital Health London Accelerator. Um, others look like the Digital Health Evidence Generator, which helps SMEs develop the right evidence at the right time. Um, the Academic Health Science Network is now well established. Um, and, there's, and NHSX is now here to sort of put frameworks and standards in place. So I think the infrastructure and the solutions to the problems that exist are in place. We now need to start using them properly. Sarah, what are the next steps for the DigitalHealth.London Accelerator in working with this year's cohort? I think we have listened and learned from the last three years. Um, we've always been supportive of all of our NHS um, or all of the innovators come into our program after going through quite a strong application process. So they've been already found to have answered an NHS need and have business credibility. And so therefore, we can take these companies and we can allow them to understand the NHS more, we can help them to understand how their product is seen, where they might actually be able to use their product. And so we've done all of that, but we're also allowing ourselves a little bit of extra learning from previous cohorts at really getting down to understanding what the business and the culture of the business that we're actually dealing with, so that we can actually make sure that when we know what the requirements of the innovators are to help them develop, to allow them to be at the position where they can spread and adopt their innovation in the NHS. And when we know which areas of the NHS actually need that, we can then pair them together. But we're also helping the innovators to actually come together in a team now through the alumni network and actually to really support each other with actually the learning that is going on. So I think collaborative working would be one of the emergent things that could come from the Accelerator programme. I now understand what a lot of other innovators are doing and where we might benefit one another. And that's one of our um, advantages as small businesses is we can be agile, we can look at those opportunities and work together to solve bigger problems than we're able to solve on our own. With innovators working together, there is then an understanding of where they can help the NHS with things like time and understanding that by perhaps working on their business case, perhaps by making sure that their communications are clearer and they understand that more working through each other now and actually that's going to have a real impact on the time that the NHS has to spend in conversations with them. Thanks so much for your time today, Sarah, Elliot and Rayner. It's been really interesting hearing about the challenges involved with the adoption of technology in the NHS and what needs to be done to overcome them.